Hey, Michelle, I got a joke for you. So what's round and green and goes up and down? <laughs> round and green and goes up and down. I don't know. A green pea in an elevator. <laughs> and let me tell you, these jokes are like all over grade four right now. So I'm hearing them nonstop. So for this episode, oh my God. I made one just for this episode. Okay. No. Are you ready? Oh, yeah. Are you ready? <laughs> okay. Hold right, on to your seat. What's triangular and rainbow colored and goes up and down? Triangular and rainbow and, and rainbow goes colored. up and down. Oh, oh, uh, the old Canada's food pyramid. In an elevator. Oh, no. <laughs> but I'm bumped. Okay, uh, this is how I know we're friends is because I laugh at your jokes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you probably shouldn't. Don't encourage me. Don't encourage me. So, oh, that's cute. Today, as you can tell, we're talking about food guides. So, first off, welcome back to the podcast. Now, most countries publish guidance on how to eat healthily. And since we're both Canadians, we thought that we'd pick on ours in particular. So, why we're starting out with this topic for our podcast is because a food guide represents the healthy, balanced building blocks for healthy eating habits for a country's population. And also a way to hopefully teach kids at a young age how to eat healthily. Because I still remember the food guide that was in place when I was young. This topic is particularly timely now simply because a few years ago, in 2019, Canada released a fairly substantial update to its food guide. And it's not unusual to change food guides over the years, as times and nutritional information develops and science learns more. So I've got some historical facts here. The 1961 guide suggested, and I quote, two servings of fruit of juice per day, one serving of potatoes per day, and two servings of vegetables. That's a whole lot of potatoes and one serving of bread, and one serving of meat. So, like, aside from the overloaded potatoes, that's not actually a lot of food, so it's probably no wonder that people back then filled up on tuna casseroles and hot dog fondues. <laughs> now, in 1977, they got a little bit more realistic, and that's what we grew up with. Lots of milk, two servings of meats, three to five servings of bread or cereal, and four to five servings of fruits and vegetables. So since 1977, they have updated the guide several times, including changing its name and format. But there was a fairly major overhaul just recently, in 2019, where they made some pretty dramatic changes. They've completely removed the milk and dairy category, and fruits and vegetables should make up about 50% of your diet, with the other half split between proteins and grains. And also, they've added water. So, that's a whole lot to digest. So let's dig into this a little bit and because I need some help understanding what all this means and why these changes have happened. So, Michelle, first off, I guess the big question is why the change and why now? Well, every country updates their dietary guidelines, uh, hopefully, in order to keep pace with current science. Um, unfortunately... We now know uh, that in Canada, our food guide has not necessarily aligned with the science historically. And I, I am sure that was a, the original intent was that it would, but over time it seemed to have more and more 
been consumed with politics and industry interests. And it's all very tangled up with um, our subsidy systems and supporting those subsidies and keeping industry happy. But what happened in 2019 or leading up to the update that was published in 2019 was that um, Health Canada decided to do a guide that was updated purely on the science. What what a novel idea for, for dietary recommendations. Wow. That, and what were they doing in 1977, updating it based on darts thrown at a dartboard? Don't get me started. Actually, in nutrition school, one of the first things they taught us, and it was shocking to me, was that um, for the most part, our, our food guide, um, as we knew it at that time, was written by lawyers. <laughs> was wow. written by keeping all of the different... Um, interest groups happy with the recommendations. So not necessarily in the best interest of Canadians and not necessarily in the best For interest of our years. of our health. Yeah. So so it was absolutely historic. I can't even tell you Kevin, it was so historic that Canada made this move. So they kicked the industry lobbyists, lobbyists out of the discussion and they updated the guide based on published and peer-reviewed evidence solely based on science. And what's more was the science that was used as the framework, they made sure was not industry sponsored research. So it was all okay. independent, you know, that had gone through peer review scientific method, and was not paid for by any um, one interest group, it was all independent funded studies. So that was huge. So called Neutral science. And that's Neutral what research. we call really the gold standard of science. The gold standard of science right. should be completely unbiased, no matter what the subject is. So um, what they did was over about a six-year period, they did two huge evidence reviews, and they got input from over 25,000 Canadians. And that input did include input from industry groups. But when they were sitting down to meet about the guide, industry wasn't allowed to be at the table and they did not allow any of those um, reviewers to meet independently with industry influencers. And they did not use, as I said, any industry funded research. So that resulted in changes that were surprising to Canadians over the guide that we were used to. So dairy is no longer a category, a food category. Right. Um, what, what the science proves out is that dairy is not only unnecessary in our diets, there are such a large percentage of the population uh, that cannot tolerate lactose well, and that almost becomes, you know, racially biased in a way to, to suggest to Canadians that it should be you know, a requirement in your diet when these populations really are not designed to tolerate the lactose well. Uh, so, okay. right. So it's culturally inappropriate for the makeup of our, of our Canadian culture. Um, and then based on science as well, they, um, they removed juice. Uh, so juice is no longer um, on the guide. Um, they no longer use the word meat. Juice, by the way, I, I should clarify that because of it's, it's a high sugar content. Like it's really just right. another sugary beverage, not any better than than pop. If you want fruit, just have a fruit. Just eat the, eat <laughs> the fruit, the eat the fruit without stripping get... all of the good fiber and the other stuff away. Just eat the fruit. So uh, right. we no longer use the word meat, but we refer to quality protein sources. And that can be from a variety of sources. And the guide emphasizes 
legumes and nuts and seeds. Um, and they, it shows only a small portion of meat as in that category. And it doesn't even show an entire egg because of the cholesterol content. But some um, small reasonable amounts are okay. And it also emphasizes uh, tofu. Um, as a as a quality protein okay. source, um, there is also emphasis on uh, grains and fruits and vegetables. In fact, half of the plate is fruits and vegetables. One quarter of the plate are quality protein foods, and another quarter um, are whole grain foods, whole grain choices. So a, a very different balance to the plate. Uh, than than we've seen in the past. In fact, we used to talk about portions. That was another thing. They used to say, like, you know, so many portions of this. We no longer use that language. That was always so confusing. Yes. I never knew, like, because I'd, I'd often go online saying, how many broccoli florets makes up a portion <laughs> trying to figure out? You know, and, and you know, you know I still struggle sense. to actually disassociate that language because I'm so used to, to speaking to clients in, in portion language. But the new guide is really makes much more sense. And it's really more the uh, a very much more relatable when we look at the constitution of our plate. The new guide emphasizes proportions of foods rather than yes. portions of food. So think 50% fruits and vegetables, one quarter quality protein sources, one quarter whole grains and intact grains being being the best uh, choice of those. Which is very intuitive because, I mean, something I've noticed with the new food guide is, you know, I mean, I have a nine-year-old son, as you know, and kids don't understand portions, but I don't know how many times I've said half of your plate has to be fruits and vegetables. And he gets that. Like that's, you know, you can, it's something you can visualize. Yes. It, it's it's very immediate. And even a, even a child can understand that rather than figuring out, okay, how many broccoli florets makes up one serving and Well, you know, it's blah, very, blah, blah. very visual. And I mean, if, if anybody is still attached to um, the paradigm of, of servings or portions, you know, the rule, the rule of thumb used to be, um, you know, basically the size of your fist is a portion for you. But it's still something, Kevin, that makes people's eyes glaze over. Like yeah, they, exactly. they, they still don't really understand, you know, when you're, when you're, when you're cooking something and then they're, you're holding your fist up over the pot and trying to figure out how many of these sh should I eat? So how, so how much a fistful of soup is really hard to imagine. <laughs> and what know? if I have exceptionally small hands? I don't know. Exactly. Or large hands, you know, I mean, it's, well, it's hard to tell. You know what they say about large hands, Cap? Well, exactly. But we, that's another podcast. No, no, no. That's a... <laughs> So, so this plate, the result is that it's very, very high in quality. I can't stop thinking about your hands now. So <laughs> very high in quality <laughs> oh, carbohydrate. It's very low in fat and very, very little saturated fat. If you, if you try to model your diet after what's shown in the picture and the right. proportions that are shown in the picture. So there's only a small amount of saturated fat that may come from the animal protein sources or a handful of nuts or seeds. Um, and the other thing that the guide previously depicted, I don't know if you remember this, but that used to recommend an amount of canola oil, right? So um, I don't remember. There that. is okay. no oil, no oil recommended oh, for good. the diet. And this is really, <laughs> I know we're going to do an episode about this, but I just want to lay down the framework here. Oil is not a food. 
<laughs> oil is derived from food, but oil is not a food. I know that any of us that have ever enjoyed very delicious coconut oil drizzle on things and love yummy olive oils drizzled, you know, bread, dipping your bread in it and stuff like that, even though it's incredibly delicious, it is not a food. So right. um, now something else really important that I want to remember to mention. Canada's new food guide also acknowledges all other lifestyle factors. Um, so it's not shown in the picture, but if you actually go down and read the guide, if you get a copy of the guide, um, it goes into um, the other aspects that are part of a healthy, uh, being a healthy person. So this also makes it much more closely aligned with evidence-based recommendations that promote healthy aging and prevention of chronic disease. Um, and th these are the things that are currently overburdening our population and our healthcare system. So it, it em emphasizes those things like making sure that you exercise, that you get enough sleep and things like that uh, and more. So we know how important those things are. We were just, before this call, we were just talking about stress and how much stress can be um, exactly. a factor despite your best efforts with your diet and exercise. So all those things are important. And it's great that Canadians are getting to see that if they're going to this as their, as their sole sort of reference guide of, of how to feed their family. Right. And it, it almost goes beyond a pure food guide now into more of a healthy lifestyle, looking at the other elements that work with food hand in hand. Right to create your overall nutrition experience. Yeah. Now, um, now something else I want to mention to you, Kevin, I don't know if you remember when the guide came out, but our listeners may acknowledge this. In 2019, when this came out, if anybody remembers the headlines in the newspaper the next day, there was incredible outrage from uh, industry groups um, who certainly were very unhappy that they were no longer represented to the extent that they were Got before. milk? <laughs> I can't imagine what industries you're talking about that disappeared. There were a few, a few people that were no longer represented, and especially if they lost their entire category of representation. So, um, and and this this created quite a bit of confusion again for Canadians that you know they, they pick up one headline that says, well, this is terrible, and these expert these so called experts say this is guide is wrong, and then we have you know the incredible due diligence that I told you about that was the rigor that we went through um, as a uh, in the government to land on a truly unbiased, un uninfluenced, um, evidence based guide. So the lobbyists were angry. Because <laughs> you ticked off the influencers because you didn't use their so-called research. Right. That promoted their own product. I'm so proud of Health Canada. I'm so proud of Canada for making that bold move. I think that there's been an acknowledgement that we um, are at a, a state in our society where we have a population sicker than it's ever been. And um, they're getting sicker, younger and younger. We are seeing chronic diseases um, affecting our children. And uh, an, an elderly person no longer has one diagnosis. They have multiple comorbidities. A comorbidity is a word that I didn't even used to know when I was a kid, right? <laughs> um, and, and so, you know, I think there was an acknowledgement that if there's going to be a shift in society, we have to start with the basics. Now, for listening to, to Brenda Davis, um, who, by the way, 
I mentioned her in episode one and, and, and she and her writing partner were actually kind of part, part of, um, consultation, if you will, with this guide. In fact, I was too, actually, a notice went out to all Canadians. If you actually follow it to, to give input on dietary recommendations. And I got a group of nutritionists together to actually form some recommendations and send and send in our opinions based on our experience. Um, I, I'm and I sure hope they used all of them. <laughs> so I hope they used every last one. of them. <laughs> well, you know, it's certainly, it certainly moved, um, miles and miles in the right direction for sure. But Brenda, Brenda Davis, um, I, I listened to her in one talk say that step two now that, that Canada is after is to operationalize these recommendations because anyone that still has children in school, like yourself, Kevin, may notice that uh, lunch programs, I know we don't have a lunch program the same way they have like in the United States school system, but we certainly have things like hot lunch day, uh, pizza day, um, all of the family day, all those other things. We do not see the food served in those occasions reflecting uh, Canada's food guide. Um, I know for, I can state for a fact that, that my child's pizza on pizza day is not 50% vegetable. <laughs> I don't think, except for a tiny little smear of like canned tomato sauce. I don't think there's any vegetable on that sucker. So there's very, there's, there's probably little to no nutrient density whatsoever um, in, sure. in, in, in that lunch, even though it makes the kids very happy. But, you know, this is the other concern that I have is that when we perpetuate that behavior, it actually teaches children at a very young age to place a higher value on those foods rather than the foods that are actually going to support their health. Yeah. Pizza's a treat. Therefore, like eating unhealthily is a reward, yes. is a form of reward, which isn't a good precedent to be setting. Yeah. And, and if the role of the, of the education system is to, is to build the leaders of tomorrow, they should be educated not just in math and science and, and all of those things. They should also know the definition of what's healthy and what's unhealthy. Uh, this right. should be taught in school. Uh, do they still have a milk program at your school where you can pre-order your no, milk so it just they, shows up? Okay. Yeah, no, they, they don't. I'm glad I'm glad to hear about that because that existed when, when my kids were in school. And of course, they they oh, wanted the chocolate I milk. Remember. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. He has never had chocolate milk under my control because that's, that's just pure Just sugar. adding insult and, to injury, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's, that's, a, that's a bridge too far, truly. So if you look at the guide, the only amount of dairy that you might construe when you look at the picture of the plate um, is there is yogurt that is shown in the protein category, but that could be coconut yogurt. That could be soy yogurt. Right. Um, but, um, you know, really what is, what the picture depicts is there is no unfermented, uh, dairy represented in any way, shape or form. Right. So I want to talk briefly, and I know this isn't your area of expertise being a Canadian, but you did mention a little bit earlier about Canada being at the forefront of this. And I just wanted, if you can talk about what you know about other countries and sort of where they are in this hierarchy of pandering to special interest groups versus educating their um their 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 population around eating with with kids in school and all that like where are we kind of in the world and where are other places so we are at the forefront 
And um, I've gone, I've attended uh, several nutrition conferences over the last few years where this is often hailed when, when I'm in the United States and the, you know, physicians and uh, clinicians who are fighting for more responsible medicine in the United States are really um, lobbying, if you, if I could use that word for their, for their right. interests, uh, their government to make similar recommendations or go through a similar exercise, evidence-based exercise with um, the food recommendations in the United States. Um, industry is still heavily, heavily uh, influencing their dietary recommendations, and everyone knows it. It's not. A, it's not right. a secret. There's nothing controversial about me saying that. Now, prior to Canada's food guide update, uh, my understanding is the forefront of healthy guides was the Netherlands. Okay. Ba- based on um, FAO, uh, they have a, they have sort of a listing of all of the guides internationally. And the let me tell you a little bit about what the Netherlands looks like. Um, they have a wheel. Um, it's a and they call it a, a wheel of five that the first uh, indication on the wheel of five is eat lots of fruits and vegetables, in, especially in season. So I love that they emphasize okay. the seasonality of foods. The seasonality, right. Um, yeah. And it says to vary with fish, legumes, nuts, eggs and vegetarian products. And eat more plant-based, not too much meat. Very bold statement okay. um, on okay. the Netherlands guide. Um, it says, unfortunately, take enough dairy such as milk, milk, yogurt, cheese, but no more than the recommended amounts. And we'd have to dive into it further to see what the recommended right. amount is. Eat a handful of unsalted nuts every day. Choose whole wheat such as whole wheat bread, whole wheat pasta, couscous and brown rice so not the best recommendation there go for drinks that don't have sugar um and to favor tap water tea and coffee and to lubricate and fry with soft or liquid oils and fats so as you can see even though they start out with this you know very plant forward recommendation which which we know the evidence serves our, our health the best they still appear to be you know, very much toting the same paradigm. And we know that we know that industry still has a big hold, uh, you know, across the world. I, I and I, I can certainly state from from, you know, my own experience that generally in Europe or a lot of European countries, um, the milk lobby is huge. Like, honestly, in, in France, for example, it feels like every other commercial on television is for a yogurt or a milk product. And you know, in in making a dietary change, dairy is always the hardest one to let go of. You you would think it would be bacon, but it's actually cheese. <laughs> and we, and we and we will get into we will get into the entire dairy question in a future episode because that's a question that I have and and I've struggled with that, and I continue yeah, to struggle with that. For sure, it is a, it is a tough one. And just a teaser for that one, Kevin. Um, I, I can I can talk definitely at nauseum about about the dairy issue because it's such a it's such a big one. It's it's always everybody's biggest concern. Um, but I can tell you that the evidence bears it out that it's really not serving our health. Um, but I can tell you anecdotally uh, as a as a practitioner and also what I've experienced in my own health and helping other people with their health 
is that there it is linked it's the usually the one thing that when you remove it there's such tremendous health improvement um in right. in 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 children with asthma with allergies uh aches and pains digestive upsets so many things um you know maybe dairy wasn't the sole cause but it sure wasn't part of the solution Right, so. right, right, right. Okay, but don't give away too much because, okay. you know, we want to stay tuned for that episode where we'll dig into right. that a whole lot more. Okay. Um, so I have one final question about the food guide, which is also a little bit of a teaser for our next episode. Um, so you'd mentioned at the at the very beginning that water was added yes. as sort of its own, I don't want to say its own food group, but it was explicitly added. And we are going to delve into water in our next episode um, a whole lot more, but can you just briefly touch upon the importance of, of specifically calling that out in the Canada Food Guide? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So, and and I'm going to go one further than what the guide says and say good quality water. Let let let's do mm-hmm. that. But water is the most essential beverage in your diet, and we can go days and days and weeks without. Uh, food, um, you know, theoretically, but we cannot right. without water. Water is that right. essential and a majority of the population is dehydrated and they don't even know it. And yeah, when we do that, I'm very excited for that episode, Kevin, because I've got lots of cool stuff to share. Excellent. And I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a lot of fun and delve, sort of diving into water. But I'm bumped. I've got all these great four-year-old jokes that's, or, or grade four jokes. Well, that's... and you know, and I, and I start, we started out in episode one, I was assuring everyone how funny I am, but I feel like I'm, I'm relaying all of the, all of the facts and getting so serious and people aren't getting my fun side. So but I've got to try to keep but up. But that's what you're here for. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well, then like go volunteer in a grade four class for a few days, be a teacher's assistant and you'll get all the bad <laughs> do, knock, do you knock do jokes. Do you do that? No, no. Are you kidding me? <laughs> oh my God. A, a classroom full of, of nine-year-olds? I can't, like a house with one nine-year-old is more than enough. I couldn't take 30 of them. It would just, I'd go crazy. You, I'd think I'd implode or something. You know what? A really funny thing happened at my store the other day. I had, um, I, I was very blessed that um, some of my old elementary school teachers they they like to frequent my store and they came in for, okay. they came in for lunch and my grade two, three teacher and my grade three, four teacher in particular were there. And they were telling me a story that I was not aware of that my mom came in for parent teacher interviews. And you can, you can imagine, I mean, just listening to me on on our interactions, how much I love to talk, right? So like I, I spent most of grade three in the corner, but anyway. (laughs) And grade four and and grade five. And, and I never understood why, right? So, but, but, but the teachers told me that my mom came in for parent teacher interviews. This was my grade three, four teacher in particular, who she said, you know, she was telling her, you know, Michelle talks all the time. And if you aren't aware, she we know everything that goes on in your house. And my mom apparently told her, yes, we lost all dignity when Michelle started school. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that was hilarious. God bless anyone that had to teach me. (laughs) I, I can totally see that. 
But you also, I'm sure, brought life to the class. And that's what it's all about. I was a spirit. It's like you're bringing child. life to this. You're bringing life to the class that's this podcast. So that's that's good. And that's why my LinkedIn profile says I'm an enthusiastic human. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Code for big mouth. No. <laughs> I know too much about you too, Kevin. Oh, I know. No, no, we won't. Okay, time to wrap up on that note. <laughs> Thank you so much for your wisdom on the food guide. I appreciate that. It's always my pleasure. And uh, in the meantime, I want to leave us with a little joke. Very little. (laughs) I'm laughing already. Yeah. (laughs) So, you know, yesterday I sold our vacuum cleaner because it was just gathering dust. Um, (laughs) Oh, my God. A delayed reaction. (laughs) It took me a second to get it. Did you make that one up too? Are you kidding me? No. <laughs> no, I can only make up jokes about the food guide. That's 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 the limit of my uh, my joke creating experience. I stole that one. All right. Thank you to whomever on the internet wrote that joke. <laughs> so uh, so thank you, Michelle, and we will talk next week all about water. Cannot wait. All right. Thanks so much, Kevin. Be real, everyone. This has been Nutrition for Noobs. We hope you're a bit more enlightened about how your fantastic and complicated body works with the food you put into it. If you have a question or a topic you'd like Michelle to discuss, drop us a line at n4noobs at gmail.com. That's the letter N, the number 4, N-O-O-B-S, at gmail.com. If you haven't already, you can subscribe to the podcast on whatever your favorite platform might be. Also, please consider leaving a review or telling your friends. That's the best way to spread the word. We'll see you next time with another interesting topic. The views and opinions expressed on Nutrition for Noobs are those of the hosts. It is not intended to be a substitute for medical, nutritional, or health advice. Listeners should seek a personal consultation with a qualified practitioner if they have any concerns or before commencing any actions mentioned in the podcast.